You're listening to Intel Chip Chat, and I'm your host, Marcus Yam. We've been radio silent for a while, and there's a good reason for that. I've been on parental leave looking after a new addition to our family. Things at Intel, of course, continue at a torrid pace. If you haven't heard about our video series called Talking Tech, it's on the Intel Technology YouTube channel. I have some great conversations with experts at Intel about new technology. And this chip chat will be an audio-only replay of select Talking Tech episodes. Talking Tech was created with some visual elements in mind, but if podcasts are your preferred way to consume this content, this is still a great way to follow Intel technology. Thanks for listening. Hi, welcome to Talking Tech. I'm your host, Marcus Yan, and we're here today to talk about something serious, or at least serious processors for serious applications. Those are workloads that may run pretty great on Intel Core PCs, but run even better on platforms with Intel Xeon. To tell me all about the latest in the world of Xeon is Jonathan Pat. John, thanks for joining Talking Tech. Yeah, of course. Thank you for inviting me. Tell me about your role at Intel. Yeah, so I'm part of our creator and workstation solutions team, and I'm uh, product marketing and do some technical marketing as well. Fantastic. Okay, yeah. so we're here to talk about Sapphire Rapids, right? Mm -hmm. That's the code name for Xeon W, the yeah. latest coming in Xeon. Um, and for those who've been following Intel code names or following just like what these things mean and what's latest in Xeon, mm -hmm. uh, Sapphire Rapids launched with Data Center in January. Correct. So what's, what's new for Sapphire Rapids and Xeon W today? Yeah, so Sapphire Rapids, you know, is a whole family of CPUs, and so we're bringing that to Xeon W. And Xeon W is our workstation processor lineup. Um, we'll have two different flavors. We have Sapphire Rapids, um, our Xeon W3400. This is up to 56 cores. And then we have Sapphire Rapids um, Xeon W2400. This goes up to 24 cores here. Okay, so what's the relationship between Xeon W and Xeon Scalable? Yeah, so they actually use the same uh, silicon there. They actually use the same silicon. Uh, different motherboards, uh, if you know, for those DIY builders, um, these will use the Xeon, D uh, the Intel W790 chipset, and then our server counterparts use the C741 chipset. Okay, so basically, like same core tech, no, same foundational technologies. Mm -hmm. Actually, some same core technologies. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second. Yeah. Um, but just adapted for the workstation market versus the, the data center and server market. Correct, yeah, and so some of our uh, workstation you know, processors, uh, they don't feature some of the accelerators that our server side, the fourth gen Xeon Scalable do, um, because those accelerators are more towards server workloads, you know, data encryption, that kind of thing. There's a whole bunch of content on that already, um, but on these guys, this is just raw core, um, uh, horsepower here. So these are 56 cores and 24 cores, and each of these co cores are the Golden Cove cores. Um, they're built on the Intel 7 process. That's the core technology that, yeah. that I talked about earlier. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, there's kind of server technology that's been adapted for the workstation market. So just quickly, like, what kind of what kind of workloads, what kind of applications um, can you kind of bring that server technology to, like a workstation workload? Like, like what is a workstation? Yeah, yeah. Right? what is yeah. workstation? What yeah. are some examples of of who would need this t type of big power for uh, something that yeah. people can use on their workstations? Yeah, definitely. Workstation sits within this space between uh, you know your desktop PCs, gaming PCs. I, you know, I game myself as well, and they sit between that and the server side. And the users who use a workstation are generally like three D artists. They'll be media entertainment professionals, so video effects, um, video composition as well, um, and a large 
portion of maybe even game development as well, so software uh, game engine development. Then we also have our engineers, right? These are architects and product design engineers, um, silicon engineers as well. Even our own silicon engineers use workstations as well. Um, and they will sometimes, you know, design the product, either big or small, so like think architecture or even just like a shoe or, or a laptop itself. Um, and then they will simulate that design and then, you know, kind of helps on saving prototyping costs if they can do all that digitally uh, instead of actually making a physical prototype. Then our third set of users are the data scientists and AI researchers. These are folks who are doing the cutting end AI research or the data scientists who will take large data sets, they will put that into system memory and do complex data analysis on. They'll find statistical, um, you know, analysis on there, pattern recognition, that kind of thing. Um, these, those are the main types of users who would use a workstation here. And so you mentioned, you know, I was asking about the differences between the server Sapphire Rapids mm -hmm. and workstation Sapphire Rapids. You mentioned a, you know, different chipset. Are there any other differences uh, between them? Uh, mainly it's just the, the different motherboard chipsets as well as um, the Xeon W processors. Each individual processor, um, our Xeon W3400, actually has more CPU PCIe Gen 5 lanes than um, the server counterpart there. But also know that our fourth gen Xeon scalable uh, processors are also coming to workstations as well. So you can have a dual socket workstation dual socket 56 cores for up to 112 cores okay. in, a, in a workstation there. Those really help those very multi-threaded workloads. So think like 3D rendering. Uh, imagine if you're a 3D artist and your a single frame of your entire movie takes seven hours to render. Now imagine you can shrink that down to maybe two hours or, you know, depending on, there's a lot of factors in, in rendering there, but you can shrink that down and imagine you can iterate more. You can be more creative. You can add more explosions or more smoke or that kind of thing. That's what these processors are really helped to design to accelerate is those innovators, those professional innovators who sit within the a commercial segment. Right. And you've been referencing uh, the Xeon uh, W3400 mm -hmm. and the 2400. So yeah. uh, tell me about the differences. Like on top, there's some differences in the IHS or the, the heat spreader, yeah. um, but underneath they're quite different. So tell me about the differences. Yeah, so our Xeon W3400 features up to 56 cores. And how we're able to do that is using our Intel EMIB technology. So we were able to take four silicon tiles and put them on a, on a single uh, package there and then have embedded multi-die um, dies into there. It's an embedded multi-interconnect bridge. Actually, EMIB. EMIB. Very good. Um, and it will connect uh, the four silicon tiles so they can communicate with each other. And what that allows us is it allows us to scale up to have a processor with up to 56 cores there. Um, but when you when this processor is actually booted up in a system, your Windows operating system just sees it as one CPU. The software will just see it as one CPU. So when it goes and says, hey, I need this job done on this core, or I need this job done on multiple cores, it will do that and, and schedule that on, on each of them. So this one's using Intel EMIB on the Xeon W3400. And then our Xeon W2400 is actually a single monolithic die here. Um, and that and this will go up to 24 cores in our Xeon W2400. And this also features our Golden Cove core. So this one features EMIB for scalability that gives us more memory channels and more cores. And then this one will feature um, quad channel memory versus eight channel memory on the Xeon W3400. And then this will feature 64 lanes of PCIe Gen 5 off of the CPU there. Got it. Mm -hmm. um, so, and. And the, the microarchitecture between them, 
are the same. Right? Yeah, so functionally they're the same. Yeah, so Golden Cove cores and Golden Cove cores, yeah, functionally the same. Okay. It's just how they're packaged on the CPU is different. Pretty cool, and that's, yeah. that's tile. So uh, I know I asked about this earlier, mm -hmm. right? So I think, yeah, I, I want to see the tiles. I want to see, like, let's let's dive into them. And okay. I mentioned Golden Cove, and I'm like, Golden yeah. Cove, that's that's the, the, the P cores. Yes. That was in, uh, you know, you may recognize this from, from some of the, the, the press kits. That's Golden Cove uh, cores in here on the Alder Lake um, performance hybrid yeah. architecture. And we also have, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, I've, this is near and dear to my heart. I had this print up, wanted to make it even bigger. Okay. Uh, this is, this is Raptor Lake. Yeah, S, Raptor Lake, the desktop processor. Yeah. Um, kind of very, very similar uh, mm -hmm. P-Core, P-Core architecture. And I said, okay, I want to see one of these tiles. Actually, you know what? Before we go here, I want to look at uh, uh, just relative time. Before we go deep into uh, this, the size of, of the different cores, yeah. um, I did bring this yeah, for so a rel relative size mm -hmm. of the chip. I would call this like this is a chip. Like what is what is that? Uh, I would call this a, a small pastry. <laughs> okay. Right. This is a chip like you would take out of a, a potato chip. This is probably a small pastry that you need uh, multiple portions to eat. <laughs> okay. So in relative terms, yeah, this is, is under this. Mm -hmm. Okay. But um, what do you got here? I've got a tile, a single, a single tile, a yeah, single, single tile, a in... single tile, and internally that's called the XCC tile. Correct. XCC, Sapphire whereas, XCC whereas the W twenty four hundred is MCC. Okay, so yeah, this yeah. is this is a single tile, a single yes, tile, a single tile. There's four of these in our Xeon W thirty four hundred processor. So yeah, you can see the the cores here on the edge. We have our PCIe lanes and then our memory our uh, memory channel memory controllers on here, and each um, tile has its own memory controller. So if there's four tiles and two channels per memory controller, that's up to eight channels there. Um, and then what you can see along the bottom edge here, that is actually part of the um, uh, part that goes into the EMIB connector okay. down below. So um, this, these two sides will face another set of tiles there as well. And I recognize there's, you know, like there's a little bit of family resemblance. There these, is. These look these look a lot like the the P cores. Yes, it's they the do. Golden, the Golden Cove uh, P cores. Yeah. So same. Yeah, same, same architecture. Yeah, and you know, the, each of these core complexes have our uh, AVX uh, 512 units as well as our new a AMX instructions um, for doing advanced matrix multiplication. Um, these are very data science kind of oriented um, instructions there. Um, that's also featured in each of the cores as well. Okay. So I, I, I had extra ones printed up. Okay. Uh, do you mind, like, you know, constructing? Sure. Uh, and, and, like, yeah, let's go like for a, it. Like a Xeon W3400 right yeah, now? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I brought three other tiles. So mm -hmm. show me how these are oriented. Yeah, so these are oriented with, uh, let's see here. There we go. So this right here, and then this goes right here. And then that will go right there. So this is the total... You know, with this the is EMIP what's inside in here. here. Yes, okay. exactly. And you know, for scale, you know, you can put where's the, uh, oh, the Raptor Lake. Uh, that's right. Die I as think well. these are approximate. Approximate. Yeah. Approximate they're not. Scale. They're not quite. They're you know probably a little bit sized off. You know, well, you're our engineering friends will you know <laughs> will have to forgive me there. Um, but yeah, so this is the Raptor Lake. You know, with the eight performance cores and the 16 uh, efficient cores there as well. And you can see like the efficient cores, right, are very space efficient. Space efficient, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the performance yeah. cores, they take you know, a lot of space. But 16 E cores. 16 in, E cores in, in the same space as the eight, yeah, yeah. The eight um, P cores there. And so this is our, you know, Sapphire Rapids, the Xeon W3400 um, uh, with the Intel EMIB. Uh, so packaging. this is all P cores. We're talking up to, up to 56, well, like Golden Cup, like I think of them as P cores. But yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is so much performance, um, and okay, I'm counting them. Okay, there are there are 15 
Golden Cove cores on each per one. Tile. So total yep. is is 60. How did what how did we get to 56? Yeah, so um, you know, the reason why we're not using all 56 cores here is really just coming down to binning, right? Okay. And and having a certain volume there. Yeah. yeah. No, hey, that that makes sense manufacturing these especially for them together. It's mm -hmm. it's a real challenge. I know that EMIB is a technology mm -hmm. that Intel's worked on for quite a while and it's in, you know, it's really showing what it can do in some of our upcoming technologies that have been showed off recently. Yeah. Um, and of course here. So, um, actually can you can you point out like where does the EMIB sit? Like, you oh, know, where like, would it sit? Yeah, so um, you know, embedded multi-die interconnect bridge, right? It would actually sit in between each of these tiles, but a layer underneath it that actually sits on the CPU substrate. So, right, this there are parts of a CPU, right? We have our um, integrated heat spreader or IHS, and then the substrate is the kind of green PCB that uh, folks, um, you know, if you delid your d processor, you can see mm -hmm. there, um, which you know I do not encourage. But uh, not with these. These are there's a lot of capacity. Serious workload. Yeah, serious, serious workload. Serious yeah, business. Gotta, yeah. yeah. Um, but the embedded uh, EMIB uh, dies would sit underneath these okay. tiles within that substrate. So there's one between each of these? Yes, there would be four. So there would be four in between, or one here, one here, one here, one here. Okay. And they allow, you know, cores over here to, to talk to a memory controller over there to grab data from another, you know, um, memory stick there. And it just, you know, allows for, allows Intel, like in, Intel EMIB packaging allows us to scale Right, allows us to have a lot of um, different silicon tiles connected together. So, you know, it doesn't have to all be the same tiles necessarily. Like, this is the first kind of step with Sapphire Rapids that we're taking with Intel EMIB. 56 cores on tap. Mm -hmm. What is performance like? Yeah, performance, we're seeing um, individual cores, like single core performance. We're seeing up to 28% more performance over our previous generation Xeon W processors. And then, you know, comparing to that same generation, going from 28 cores to 56 cores, we're seeing up to 120% more performance in multi-threaded performance as well. And uh, it's more than just core count, too. I know that in the previous generation, you could have a multi-socket setup. But here, we're using EMIB mm -hmm. to put it all in one. Yeah, and and here we're actually seeing this outperform our previous generation dual socket workstations as well. So you know this is just a whole giant leap of performance here. Okay, um, just before we we move on, like before I want to dive in. Yeah. Uh, you know we we had we had kind of Raptor Lake here. So clearly, like there was a there's a very clear difference. I know, yeah. I know you know it's not just it's not just positioning difference mm -hmm. of you know what's what's an Intel Core PC versus an Intel Xeon workstation. Yeah. Um, but you know. This is a very perform performant design. It is. Um, can you just quickly go like, what what are some of the overall differences? Other than differences. Like, besides, yeah. like, what 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 are the differences between them and uh, like everything from uh, performance mm -hmm. to just you know how it works. On here we have our ring bus, so um, data transfers both in one um, in two directions. So there's one that goes counterclockwise, one that goes clockwise, um, and there's some other connections as well. But on our uh, Sapphire Rapids architecture with Intel EMIB, um, these are mesh interconnected. So uh, each one of these have their own layers of cache and own layers of um, mesh interconnect. So this core can talk to this core, can talk to this core. So if you wanted to go from here to maybe that core, you'd have to cross over EMIB, go to this core complex, and then hop your way over to there. There's some you know latency um, penalties that kind of come with that kind of architecture, but when you're trying to have a workload sit within the same CPU, which helps with you know performance instead of going to another CPU, um, when you have these large you know workstations, that kind of thing, um, it really you know that latency penalty is just part of the the architectural 
design needed to have this many cores. And ultimately, yeah. it's it's not you know you're going for core count. You know I mean, like, yes, you're sure, going for core. Sure, count, workloads yeah. could be like you know like latency dependent, but mm -hmm. the fact is like you, there's a clear reason why yeah. this workload would need fifty would could use fifty six cores. Exactly. Versus, you know, eight AP cores. Um, but okay, so so before we move on, yeah, just you know, can you can you tell me what are the workloads that um, are more suited towards like a Raptor like S mm -hmm. or or actually on the mobile side like an HX system that is also kind of in that you know entry level workstation side. What is what is you know who, what would you use this what one? What would you for? use this one yeah. for? Like what's what's the right tool for the job and what's what's better for this, this Yeah and that and that in workstation it's it's really down to the right tool for the right job. Um, you know with Raptor Lake, you know, video editing does really great on here. We have our you know um, our you know, Intel QuickSync technology with our integrated graphics on Raptor Lake. Um, Sapphire Rapids does not feature integrated graphics, but um, those integrated graphics and and you know, video editing will really fly on on Raptor Lake. On gaming, on gaming, no, no one's gaming. Yeah, on I, you know, I sit within the creator workstation space, so I sit. I think more about just content creation and and you know, making visual experiences, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so gaming will definitely this this is your gaming processor, right? If you're if you're there just to game, that's this is your processor. But if you're also doing video editing, or if you're also doing like 3D rendering, um, or you're doing video encoding, so that's at the end of video editing, that's you hit render and the video bar, you know, encodes, fills up, that's what these processors are really for. These help churn and do a lot of um, basic calculations very fast, um, you know, across a wide array of cores here. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there are CAD workloads, so computer-aided design, so that's Autodesk, Revit Inventor that will perform really well on something with a high frequency, you know, and and medium core count. But if you're doing rendering, like taking that 3D model that you've made of like a of a building, and you're trying to render that so that way, um, you know, a producer or a marketing professional can review your design. That's where the Sapphire Rapids really sits in. That's for that part of that workflow there. And we talked about you mentioned frequency, so mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we're looking at you know, you know, almost. Basically on this, like six gigahertz, six gigahertz with, with, yeah. with, with KS, yeah. a special edition processor. Um, these are, you know, you're really looking at heavily multi-threaded workloads. Multi so, like frequency, what is the frequency of, of the of the uh, yeah. highest end? With this, uh, we have, you know, our Intel Turbo Boost Max Technology 3.0, and that will go. We'll select, you know, end manufacturing. We know which one of the cores will perform. One of the uh, one or two cores will perform the best. And so that will go up to 4.8 gigahertz. So that really helps with like snappy workloads. Hey, I'm loading up a project, that kind of thing. Um, but across all the cores, when you're loading up everything on this 56 core processor, that's going to go up to 2.9 gigahertz there. And really, that just comes down to, to you know power is a, mm -hmm. is a thermals and, a, and electrical are really you know the big determining factors when talking about frequency um, across all these cores. But think about it with 56 cores, right at 2.9 gigahertz. You know, but thinking about that in contrast to Raptor Lake, which has almost up to six gigahertz, you know, there's there's a differences there, and it's just really the right tool for the right job at the end of the day. There's some workstation workloads, like I was talking about, video editing, CAD, some you know exploratory data science that you could do on a Raptor Lake. But if you're starting to scale up, if you're if you're a business where you're doing this professionally, and your let's say your video editor needs to render a video five videos a day every day of the week and they need to have a system for that that's where our new sapphire rapids uh, workstation processors are really there for um and and other you know there are other applications you clearly you could you could again these are actually 56 cores but can't forget they're hyper threaded yes they're hyper threaded whereas the e cores uh don't have hyper threading correct but the p cores do this is like you've got 
like hyper threading on all 56 on all cores. Yeah. Um, so that's you know if you're heavily threaded, mm -hmm. you can you can you can definitely uh, use all the capabilities of this. Uh, speaking of capabilities though, yeah. um, like if you're talking about like data scientists, mm -hmm. um, AI workloads, anything that could use uh, AVX 512. And uh, there's a new extension too. But you know, just review for me. You know, this is AVX 512. Yeah. But there's also a new set of extensions called AMX. So can you tell me about what AMX is and you know what's new about it? Mm -hmm. How's it different? And yeah. why it's good for this segment of the market? Yeah, so um, AMX is our advanced matrix um, extensions. And what they allow us to do is add on additional types of accelerators um, in, onto that. And each one of these uh, cores have AMX, uh, a space for AMX. And so our first one is um, TMOR, or uh, matrix multiply, we'll, we'll kind of simplify it. What that allows to do is very complex, repetitive, additive multiplication there where I need to take this number, multiply it by this number, um, you know, 50 times or, or 100,000 times, that kind of thing. And I need to do that in a way. And really what that helps, right, if we're trying to get to what, what that's really going to accelerate is things like AI research, machine learning, deep learning, um, and data science. In AI research and in deep learning, you do a lot of repetitive tasks. Right, you set up an AI model, and in order to train it, you need it to, let's say you're training an AI for a video game, and you need to have your little AI jump over you know, a, a ditch or something, else they'll fall in the ditch. Um, they have to do that over and over again. It's the same type of multiplication and, and you know, computation that's going on in the background. And with AMX and, and the TMO instructions, um, int 8 and bfloat 16 data types are really accel accelerated. So I'm going very deep into like data science and you know uh, computation, scientific computing there, but that's really what these are going to help. And those are emerging workloads that we see as like going into the future to really accelerate that. And as well as we have our AVX 512 uh, in here as well. And AVX 2. So basically yeah. these are extensions for these specialized workloads. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just is why it's it's found a good home like here exactly. in in this in this segment. I also noticed looking at like the the SKU table mm -hmm. that these are unlocked to allow for whoever's in this segment that wants to overclock. So I'm thinking these are mission critical applications. Mm -hmm. I'm always for having user choice, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like wh what's the thinking behind having unlocked processors in this in, space? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. When we sat down and, and designed Sapphire Rapids and, and looking at it from a, from a workstation standpoint, really the big thing, the feedback that we were getting is, is user choice, right? Give me the tools I need to do my job. Like you were saying, there is a portion of the market that will you know, value stability and reliability, portion of the workstation market that will value stability and reliability. Then there's another portion of the market that we looked at and said, hey, I want all the performance I can get no matter what, what the power or, or thermal is. So what we're allowing is, you know, this kind of frequency tuning. So you can tune individual cores. Um, you can tune the turbo frequencies that, they, that each core goes up to. You can also tune the uh, interconnect. We were talking about the mesh interconnect and even EMIB. You can tune the interconnect speed in between those to kind of get those latencies down that we were talking about. And, you know, it's all going to be controlled by our Intel Extreme Tuning Utility, XTU, um, that you can, you know, tune these processors. And it comes from just, you know, that portion of the market that just really wants to tune every single aspect of their system for a given workload. Okay. And, I mean, you mentioned it's XTU, so mm -hmm. I've seen my XTU, you can kind of see all the different cores. Yes. 
this is, this is going to be a really long list if you have 56 cores and you can do tune each one individually. Yeah, depending on your resolution of your monitor, you may have to scroll down a lot to get all, yeah. you know, 112 threads to, to, to tune there. So it's going to be it's going to be great. And um, obviously with, you know, AVX 512, AMX, mm -hmm. can you can you set the offset on those in XTU as well? Like you've got that level of detail. Yeah, so when um, when looking at the uh, overclocking tools, shout out to the overclocking team, they're great. They, they sat down and said, well, how can we, you know, add as much user choice here? Um, so yeah, we're treating AMX instructions, so Tmall, like we did with AVX 512, where um, when you're, um, you can tune the negative offset. So if, so if on regular instructions something could run at 4.4 gigahertz, you would have like a negative ratio offset to lower that by maybe three or four um, bin, so like 0.3 or 0.4 gigahertz there. Um, and with AMX and AVX 512, you can tune that offset. So if you have the power or thermal budget, you know, you can maybe not have a negative ratio offset and have when you're doing AVX or doing AMX instructions, um, you can have it run at the same 4.4 gigahertz or, you know, whatever the fr given frequency is. So we're giving them that choice as well. Okay. Uh, going back to just the type of workloads yeah. that are great for this platform, I know. You know, we're, we're talking about some very high, like, I.O. requirements, mm -hmm. bandwidth requirements. Like, ev everything is, is, is uh, you got you to gotta feed the processors. Yeah. So can you, can you walk me through what I.O. is available off the processor itself, and then I want to jump into the platform. The platform, and What's okay. on the platform, what's on the, what's on the processor? Yeah, so with, um, with Sapphire Rapids, the XCC, the Xeon W2400, uh, excuse me, um, you get up to 112 CPU PCIe Gen 5 lanes. Okay. So if we're putting that in context of, uh, you know, our friends in, in gaming, right, that's about seven graphics cards, okay. seven graphics cards that you can fit, and these are PCIe Gen 5 lanes. So when graphics cards, you know, you will see into the future that used PCIe Gen 5 and will be able to saturate that. You can fit up to seven of them off of the processor just itself. You can also do large storage arrays if you want to have your own NAS server, you know, network attached mm -hmm. uh, storage there. You can also do things like attach multiple hardware accelerators. So if you're doing data science again and you have something that accelerates one part of that data science workflow, you can attach that along here as well. Um, and then there's additional um, connections off of to the, the platform, the chipset as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let, let's take a look at the platform. I know you brought yeah. one. Let's Yeah, let's take a look at it. This one is a Sapphire Rapids uh, motherboard. Um, this is from our friends at Asus, so okay. shout out to them. Thank you so much. Um, this is using the LGA4677 socket. That's 4,677 pins. How is this different than the previous generation? Oh, um, yeah. Um, so the previous generation was, um, if we're taking a look at pre maybe our previous gen Intel Core X series, that used LGA 2066, so 2,066 pins. There's a huge increase it in is. pin count. And yes. is that just down to just the sheer amount of I.O. and power Correct. that's going there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's down to the additional PCIe lanes and memory channels that you need when you need to, um, you know, have up to 56 cores and, and eight memory channels there. Um, so yeah, this is the, the platform. It has eight memory channels. On this platform, it uses um, up to, it's one DIMM per channel. So this is eight memory channels. So one, each one of these DIMMs goes to one memory channel. Um, and that will be supporting speeds up to DDR5 R DIMM 
4,800 megatransfers per second. So this doesn't use the same memory as a, like a desktop uh, Raptor-like processor. It uses server-grade memory. And that's so RDIM versus UDIM. Yeah, RDIM instead of UDIM there. And that's just you know due to the fact that, hey, we're using the same architecture, using the same memory controller, as well as there's some physical differences um, with DDR5 between registered DIMMs or RDIMs and UDIMs. So they're actually not pin compatible. So, you know, this motherboard only supports and this platform only supports registered DIMMs or RDIMs. Then use, going on to the, uh, the chipset here, um, underneath here is the Intel um, W790 chipset, right? All the W790 chipsets along with the, the X processors, right? They're over, you know, tuned, for, can overclock here. And you can see the robust uh, VRMs to feed the electrical uh, and power requirements for, for that. And then you can see the numerous amounts of PCIe lanes that you have here, all connected to the chips, the CPU, excuse me. You do have some, um, what we call uh, by 16 PCIe Gen 4 that comes off of the chipset as well, if you need that. Um, we've also, compared to previous generations, increased the data bandwidth between the chipset and the CPU for all of that data um, uh, transfer as well. Off of the chipset, we also have Intel Wi-Fi 6E, right? These are getting put into enterprise environments, and as Wi-Fi 6E comes out into the market, we want to make sure that these platforms are compa com uh, compatible with that. It also features USB 3.2 Gen 2 by 2, and that's uh, to up to 20 gigs of uh, transfer, data transfer there. So that's a lot of data transfer, right? If you're working with large file sizes, you're a video editor, you're a data scientist. Um, so that's kind of the highlights of the platform here. So, so very feature-rich. Yeah. W. 790. Mm -hmm. um, is this is this like a, a very close relative of like the Z690 or Z790? So yeah, that's actually a, a good little secret with with Sapphire with our workstation. What we did with Sapphire Rapids workstation is we paired the performance and the architecture of our data center processors and paired it with a client chipset. So it's very similar to our Alder Lake chipset, sim similar feature set um, there, you know, USB, Intel Wi-Fi 6E. So yeah, it's a very feature-rich motherboard. So this is like a great overview of, you know, what Xeon W with the platform. Mm -hmm. But, you know, let's let's look outside of Intel for a second. Yeah. So what has work been with, you know, um, working with ISVs to make sure that their software and their usages are tuned for this? And of course, um, Let's talk about software first, but then I want to talk about you know like the partners, like where are people going to get these, and where uh, you know wh where where are they going to make put them in the hands yeah. of of the people that are really going to uh, you know make this technology useful. So yeah. ISVs, how's that been going? It's been great. You know our ISV partners are super excited about Sapphire Rapids, right? It, this actually is a platform that can help them in their software development accelerate their code compiling as well, and it's also for their user base. So folks at Adobe and software developers there, um, you know, we have multiple ISV partnerships and we're super excited to get this in their hands and as we roll out and they're just super excited uh, to work with us as well. And so it's been a, been a fun process. And of course, so, I mean, you're, you know, we're looking at the, at, at, at the chip here, or mm -hmm. sorry, the, the pastry. The pastry, <laughs> yes, in this case. <laughs> the, the pastry, this is the board. I mean, these are usually like the foundational parts for, you know, people who like to build their own PCs, yeah. but but realistically in this market, mm -hmm. um, like for the most part, people aren't going to be buying these things in the channel. They're really just going to be working with the you know the the other uh, you know our partners mm -hmm. to help them integrate these into their commercial or professional applications. Yeah. So uh, is, is that is that kind of the right sort of split? This is really 
for for the uh, the, the partners who integrate this mm -hmm. with businesses? Yeah, this is mainly I would say mainly targeted for for the enterprise, right? For you know buying from a, a thousand types, a thousand workstations in an enterprise environment. Um, you know, but our motherboard partners, well, we will have motherboards available. Um, we are boxing some of our Sapphire Rapids workstation SKUs as well. So people um, yeah, people can just buy buy this as well. Um, it doesn't come with a thermal solution like you know, like some of our desktop processors do. Um, you know, we've worked with our um, thermal solution vendors as well. I think we've worked with EK, Cooler Master, um, they're Noctua as well to have some thermal solutions for this LGA forty six seventy seven socket as well. Um, and working with our industry partners and ecosystem has been fantastic. They've all been anxious and awaiting you know for Sapphire Rapids to come to market, and we're super excited to finally bring it to you. All right, that's that's kind of like everything about Xeon W, codenamed Sapphire Rapids, mm -hmm. uh, kind of in this nutshell for this launch day. Um, anything else people should know about this new, new Xeon? Yeah, uh, I, I will say that the folks behind uh, Creator and Workstation were super passionate and super excited to bring this to market. And, you know, to bring this, like, ultimate workstation solution, like the Xeon W3400, this is like the ultimate workstation solution. This will help power the next, you know, five years of workstations, like, you know, with the amount of I.O., the amount of, you know, compute horsepower that we went over, you know, this is really built for those professional innovators, those 3D artists, those software developers, those data scientists, and, you know, I'm just super excited to see what those folks can create with this platform. And you mentioned technologies, too, like, we're still looking at, you know, even from I'll, I'll talk about you know like the the the, the more uh, consumer side mm -hmm. like PCI Gen 5, yeah. DDR5. These are like future-proof technologies mm -hmm. for you know everything else that's that's coming soon, right? Exactly. In the future, and you've got these special extensions uh, as well, like AVX 512, mm -hmm. uh, AMX, which which is new. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, this is this is pretty cool. Well, Jonathan, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for talking tech. Yeah, thank you so much.